Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Five Excuses of the Victim Mindset. We'll get into that in just a moment. Last week, we did a podcast with Yvette Van Zyl, who's our leading our belief training ministry here at Igniting Hope. Wow, we got some great response to that. If you haven't heard it, listen to that. Pray for us about that. Two things to just tell you that are coming up. February 26, we're starting our 40-day negativity fast and positivity feast. February 26, 2020. You know, we had over 8,000 people involved in that. We have three different levels of participation. We're going to be releasing information about that in the next few weeks. So I'm recording this here at the beginning of November 2019. But mark your calendars. This might be something that you might want to do with a group, with your family, maybe your church or organization. We've had such great testimonies. You sign up, there's a free level where you get an email every day. We use our book, Igniting Faith in 40 Days, as a devotional for it. Level 2, you get uh, a whole bunch of more content from us. Level 3, you actually get a belief training session. So watch for that. And then also, April 23rd through 25th, we're doing a Abounding Hope and Joy conference here in Reading. Hey, if you've been thinking about coming to Reading or want to partner with us, April 23rd. 3rd through 25th, 2020. Here, more information coming on that as well. Hey, here we go. Five excuses of the victim mindset. You know, one of the most fascinating stories in the Bible is Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. And in that parable, there's three individuals who are given talents. One, five, one, two, and one is given one talent. The one who had the five and the two found a way to increase what they had, whereas the one buried the talent. And in Matthew 25, 25 said this, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. And earlier, right before that, he questioned the goodness of the master and just had these excuses for why he did not increase his talent. And, you know, he had a victim mindset. He said, I can't help it. It's not my fault. You know, it starts off with Adam in the garden. Uh, It's the woman you gave me is the problem. He deflected and said, I'm a victim of you, God, and I'm a victim of the woman. You know, as long as we don't take responsibility for ourselves and have the victim mindset, we are really stuck. And, you know, you, you look at just what are some of the excuses? And, you know, I, I've been listening to excerpts out of the book, Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. And it's a great book. It's about, a, the subtitle is How One Simple Belief Can Help Us. And it can just bring uh, really great freedom and breakthrough. And So I got a little bit of inspiration from that for this because she just says things, I believe, but says it in a little bit of a a different way. Everything's figure outable. We love to say there's always a solution. No matter what happens, there is always a solution. Or I will thrive no matter what happens. So what are these excuses? What are the five? Well, I'll just read them all and then I'll talk about each of them briefly. 
here's the five excuses of the victim mindset. There may be more, but I want to highlight these. Number one is I don't have enough time. <laughs> Number two is I don't have enough money. Number three is I probably will fail. Number four is I don't have the proper skills. Number five, people are holding me back. Wow. The first one is this excuse. I don't have enough time. You know, think about it this way. What if a doctor told you that you would die unless you found a way to be still and rest for two hours a day? You know what? You and I would find a way to do that. And that just kind of proves that we have more time than we think we have. And, you know, the, the lie, the excuse that we did not have enough time usually is, reveals the truth I don't really want to do that thing bad enough to radically adjust my schedule, yet I'm waiting for a more convenient season. And certainly there's times in our lives where that legitimately is the case. But if that's the case for our whole life, where we are a victim of not having enough time and time is mastering us and we're a slave of our time and we're constantly saying, I'm too busy I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, you know, then, then it actually is a victim mindset to, to time. Now, once we recognize that and we're able to uh, listen to what we say and take responsibility for that and go after the beliefs that are creating that victim language concerning time, we're going to get some, some traction in victorious mindsets, I, I've got a, one of my, it's a 50 devotionals, 50 victorious mindset devotionals. And, and one of them that I write about is that there are few normal weeks. That those with the victorious mindsets realize there's few normal weeks. I, uh, as a younger leader, I would constantly say, well, this was not a normal week. I was too tired, too busy, unexpected things happened. Uh, I got disappointed with that. I got hurt with that. I heard bad news here or there. There's always, there's always something. And I realized that I had to learn how to thrive in non-normal weeks. You know what I'm hearing over you who are listening right now? There's grace over you to thrive in non-normal weeks. As a matter of fact, it's fun to get excited about non, non-normal weeks because we build a muscle to be able to thrive no matter what happens. So that first excuse of the victim mindset, I don't have enough time, we just blow that to smithereens today. The second one is I don't have enough money. A perceived lack of money neutralizes many. But you know, there's two truths that I want to speak. And, you know, I, I think that you should speak that defeats us. Because one is decide and he will provide. The other is provision follows quality decisions. It's, it's amazing. Something... Powerful happens when we do make a quality decision, when we do decide we're going to do something. I believe all of heaven gets behind quality decisions. You know, it, it, it's shown in Matthew 6.33, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, Before that, Jesus said, Hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, or what you're going to drink, whatever. Seek first. Get your priorities right. Make quality decisions. And you know... In the things that uh, so many of us are, are deciding to do, you know, whether it's starting a business, whether it's, it's getting educated, whether it's 
uh, learning how to to do relationships better or you know taking time for ministry or prayer there's all, all of that you know we're talking about time again but the resources will come to actually help us to be able to do that especially when we dedicate those decisions to the glory of God now you know as we believe this we believe there's time we believe there's provision for us then we're going to start to recognize the resources that we already have the talents even though our talent could be a one talent in seemingly small compared to what other people have we all have what we need to start second corinthians 4 1 to 7 the widow of the prophet uh, the creditors are coming to take her sons away to uh, be slaves to pay off her debt. She's talking to the prophet Elisha. Elisha asks her, what do you have? And she says, I have nothing except a little oil. It's amazing we get into prophetic culture. The prophetic culture helps us take our eyes off of what we think we don't have through negative comparison and actually helps us see what we actually do have which is the beginning point of the miracle. As the little oil was for her, she paid off her debt and she was able to live off the rest. Now, I believe this, we already have it. You know, I don't have enough money, excuse? No, we already have, there's already something for you to begin with that you have now. And I say, Holy Spirit, help us see it. John 4.35, Jesus says, do, do you not say four months and in a harvest? I say, do you look up? and see the fields are white for harvest. He said, I said, you look up. Don't say it's not happening yet. You got to wait. No, look up and see there's something for you to partner with that I'm doing right now that's going to cause great increase. Wow, wow, wow. I'm getting excited. I don't have enough money. don't have time. I will probably fail. <laughs> Lie number three. On one level, this is probably true because those who succeed most also seem to fail most. But I really, you know, I, I think we should reword it and instead of calling it failure, call it learning. I'm learning. You know, it's rare for anyone to start a new habit or new assignment to not struggle to do it well at first. Let me say it again. It's rare for anyone to start a new habit or new assignment to not struggle to do it well at first. Again, the example we love to use, a toddler learning to walk. They're our guide to how to walk higher in what we do, and in how we emotionally respond to life. And he does not let his failure falling down uh, define his identity or future expectations. He doesn't get his identity beliefs from his past, but from what his parents do. He believes he's a walker, and this helps him overcome difficulties in walking. He's not bound to perfectionism, and, and just as the people celebrate the step... He learns the spirit of celebration motivates him to do what is difficult to do. It's true. I will probably fail. But we, we say, listen, those who succeed most also seem to fail most. You know, I used to think I had a good year because I didn't fail. The Lord says, yep, but you didn't do anything either. So that's number three. Excuse of the victim mindset. I'll probably fail. Excuse number four is I don't have the proper skills. This is similar to... I will probably fail, but it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit different. You know, when Wendy and I, my wife Wendy and I, were first considering writing a book, we thought, but we've never written a book before. Well, we, we heard, well, that's, uh, Steve and Wendy, that's where everybody starts. 
Everybody starts learning the skills. And, you know, we live in a society right now like never before for us to learn the skills. I mean, you can go to YouTube and, I mean, you can Google and YouTube it and just find out how to do anything. From how to do plumbing to how to, you know, fix a car to how to raise children. There's advice all over. And right now, we live in the greatest hour, I believe, for us to, to get trained and get skills in so many different areas that we'll just take the time to do it. And then last excuse of the victim mindset, people are holding me back. Whether it's our family, a leader over us, the nation we live in, or someone else, this can, be a, this can feel very true, but it's not. David had a dad who did not believe in him, brothers who belittled him, and a king who tried to kill him, but he still fulfilled his calling. Joseph in the Old Testament fulfilled his dream and destiny, even though his brothers sold him into slavery. Potiphar's wife falsely accused him of rape, and the chief butler forgot him. Daniel lived in extremely ungodly and extremely ungodly cultures, but still overcame and fulfilled his assignment and did so for many decades. These Old Testament heroes overcame difficult people, and so can we. I see the Father releasing grace over you to overcome these excuses like never before, so you, you can increase your talents in marvelous ways. Wow, five excuses of the victim mindset. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I will probably fail. I don't have the proper skills. People are holding me back. Whew. You know, this is a message you might want to listen to again. I believe it's a powerful one. It's a powerful one because you're not, a, you're not one who has a victim mindset. You are a victor. You are an overcomer. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. Remember, we're here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only people without hope. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. Our hope level determines our influence level. And he who is the most hope has the most influence. And I believe this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, I used to say, well, when all my problems are over, I'll be joyful. <laughs> hey, the Lord says, hey, you don't need strength at the end of the battle. You need strength in the middle of the battle. Pretty much for everybody listening today, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. Battling personal weaknesses, you may be too tired, you may be battling disappointments, bad news on television, people around you not doing things, family issues, uncertainties about finances. You know, joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. No, today is the day. Let's stir it up. Let's rejoice. And it's going to get in us like never before as a strength. A merry heart is good like medicine. Thanks so much. Hey, if you like these podcasts, why don't you tell somebody else about them? Remember, ignitinghope.com. Sign up for our newsletter if you haven't. God bless. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.